Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Delta Green role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Extreme Ophelia. It was written by Shane Ivey, and it's part of a collection called A Night at the Opera. Our handler is Lex Hurley, and this is episode eight, I hope. Is this episode eight? It is. Yes. Yes. Okay. And this is episode eight. Our recap will be given by me as my character, Agent Kios. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. March 10th, Agent Kios reporting. Assignment impetus, death of County Sheriff's Deputy Fred Jacob. Cause, heavy metal poisoning. Assignment determine if his usual his unusual death has preternatural causes, and if so, identify and eliminate findings so far. A fungus of unknown origin has infected living human hosts and seems to be spreading. One of the major symptoms is that subject craves and begins consuming any available source of heavy metals. There is a strong suspect that it may have arisen in the Berkeley pit a flooded copper mine. Uh, water tests prove positive and may indicate that the infection is more outspread than currently assumed. It seemed that extermination was a viable option, but now there is some evidence that the fungus is able to control the host and give them influence over other humans nearby, possibly by using hypnosis or maybe even spores. At present, one of our agents, Highline, was investigating the Benthic company. He failed communication, and I drove out to the location to check on him. He was not there. I began a search. Eventually, he sent me a Google Map location, to which I immediately headed, only to find a squad of police cars, which I avoided. I returned to home base, but found the building evacuated. Uh, Agent Joy, who may also be infected, retrieved the body of Jacobs and took it to the green box. Uh, Delta, green, uh, Delta green retrieval must be done with hazmat precautions. Agent Joy began the immolation process to remove all evidence from the building and possibly to kill the fungus that was there. The whereabouts of Agent Throttle is unknown, and she remains outside radio contact. We believe she has two women with her, Christina Jacob, the wife of the deputy, and uh, Janet Reese, a county coroner's employee, both of whom may be infected. Uh, where they are or where they are going is unknown. It may be the fungus driving them to spread the infection further. I made an attempt to contact one of the Benthic employees and was able to determine that they may already know about the infection and may be behind its development. Finally, I received a message from Agents Bagman and Highline. They are currently en route to Devil's Tower in Wyoming, and they have the Jacob child. Highline may be infected now as well. The child and Bagman certainly are. The fungus seems to be driving them to Devil's Tower for some unknown reason. 
there was a tape recording relating a myth about the Wichapi Wichota, the star people, and a native song. At this point, they all seem to be converging at that location. I will do what I can to eliminate the source of the infection. Agent Kios out. And as you click stop on the voice recording app on your phone and look back at the wall, your police scanner starts going off again. You have the TV set up on local news, um, getting the scoop on things. The scanner and the news both have been extremely busy this afternoon and late into the evening covering news of a, a hit and run and assault on a local police uh, sergeant or sheriff sergeant, pardon me, uh, and the suspected arson of the county coroner's office uh, nearby that has been causing tons of feedback, back and forth traffic um, between the scanner and the local news for most of the evening. If you could give me an alertness roll to see while you are piecing everything together and making notes, uh, what you might uh, overhear. Uh, um, 39 out of 60, so I guess that's okay. Regular. Well, so it's that's a pass, yeah, it's a regular. And Bagman, can you give me a luck roll? Certainly can. That is a five. Okay. So uh, something that you notice whenever the scanners are blaring uh, late at about 1030, close to 11, uh, someone comes on, you may recognize their voice as under Sheriff Pullman says, uh, we got the dash cam footage from Hayes's car. Uh, look, you notice a red truck in here. You can see the fight come out and then someone pops up off camera. They talk to Hayes for a bit and then Hayes gets knocked out. Whenever they drive away, it kicks up too much dust or they talk for a bit and they, it kicks up so much dust. We can't see anything on the camera. It looks like some sort of black sedan or something, but they're headed eastbound. And you hear some more chatter back and forth through there. You hear. So I'm going to assume that that's, of course, Highline and Bagman. You hear uh, Sheriff Potter's angry voice coming in later uh, with orders to detain Clot Sanson and anyone else associated with this bullshit investigation. I don't know what's up, but something stinks. So find any reason that you can bring them in and we're going to take them and we're going to find out what they know. I've already contacted the local Montana FBI and they'll be here in the morning. All right. I'm going to in turn uh, text Agent Highline and uh, Bagman and tell them that uh, the police are looking for us all. Um, because of the incident, whatever happened with the High Line. And with that, uh, camera will flash back over to Bagman and High Line. I'll you send that are... message to with Throttle as well, even though he's not responding. Okay. Uh, hey. You're parked outside the visitor center um, on the outskirts of Devil's Tower. The Milky Way and stars are bright enough that you can still see the details of this giant square mountain that seems like it was pushed straight up from under the earth. There's a couple of lights on, just street lights, um, solar powered, but the visitor center and all the other traffic is 
completely dead. You don't see anyone else around. There's a small sign off in the distance that says, in case of emergency, call park ranger staff at this number 24-7. Um, as you get out of your cars, it's about 40 degrees or so outside. Your breath is fogging slightly um, as you get out of your Prius and truck, uh, respectively. Um, Bagman, you notice that Joanna doesn't really seem phased uh, by the cold, doesn't even flinch whenever you open the door and that waft of cold air comes in. Um, and the last we left off, I remember you were talking about jury rigging some sort of uh, backpack, papoose, uh, shoving blankets and things in to do that. So, Highline, while Bagman's trying to get this backpack situation set up, you get a text message. And as you pick up your phone to view it, it starts ringing. And it's your wife. Oh, shoot. All right. Um, yeah, I'll pick it up. Okay. Does she, this is my regular phone? Yes, this is your personal phone. So actually, let's just say you get a yeah you get a text from your uh, special phone, your private phone, and then your uh, personal phone is vibrating from inside the dash, the glove compartment. So you can open it up and it's your wife calling at about twelve thirty at night. Her voice is panicked. Honey, um, why is your face all over the news? They're saying you shot a cop. Oh, honey, Kira, that was. Uh... That was just a misunderstanding. I'm working on a case. Maybe there was a hiccup or two, but we're I'm looking at your news on Fox right now. I couldn't sleep. And they they're saying that you are wanted at the at large and presumed armed. What's happening? Should I be worried? Should uh no, no. Um I wouldn't be worried, honey, but uh listen, just hang tight and We'll sort this out. I'll see you soon enough. But maybe it's best that you don't keep calling me, okay? Am I going to see you again? Oh, yeah. You'll see me again. Real persuade. No. Uh, <clears throat> while this call is happening, um, you can hear uh, some gravel crunching down the road back behind you as you're sort of getting settled, looking up at this mountain imposing, the, the ambient noise sounds a bit odd. And uh, you see a Subaru Crosstrek pull up. Before it even stops, the back passenger door comes open and you see a gaunt woman come sprinting out towards you, Batman. Um, I'm gonna sidestep her like a, like a matador. Sure. In the... In the dark pre-dawn light, you just see a very gaunt figure that is running. You hear a feminine voice, like sort of panting and just <laughs> making noise. And she goes right past you and into your car to hold Joanna. Oh, I thought I had the baby. Oh, okay. Well, then she is trying to grab Joanna as the car can stop. And Christina Jacobs is uh, very much trying to hold her daughter again. Okay. Um, and Wait, throttle, you are now in the scene. Yes, you are now in the scene. Uh, can you, like, I feel like, so I feel like this baby needs to go up that mountain and she's impeding on that. Um, 
I wish I had a taser because I tased the hell out of her. Um, hold it. Hold it. I said I wish. These are, no, these no, are no, 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 no. Hold it. Hold it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Last thing I knew that I was in the car with the other two people and now I'm on the scene. You were right behind them on the road. You would have left like maybe 20 or so or a half hour after Bagman and Highline actually got started on the road. They had to stop for gas a little more often because Highline's car is a gas guzzler. So sure. I am saying that you all, uh, Christine was pushing you to drive faster. I didn't think yeah, it was it worth spending a scene on it. But yeah, y'all are all there now at the base of the mountain. Right. Well, Christine's not in control of the car, though. Uh, Janet. Christine was telling Janet to drive faster. And so that's how you're all at the scene now. Okay, man. All right. I got to. All right. Kira, honey, I got to go. You stay tough like I know you are. I would not ever leave you alone. Just hang tight. I got to ask you to trust me. All right. Take care. Okay. Please come back home. I will. I love you. I love you. Thanks. All right. What do we got going on here? All right. <clears throat> well, I wasn't quite sure I wanted to rendezvous with everybody, but uh, now that we're here, um, I think it's best that we just get on top of the mountain as easily as we can. Mm -hmm. So what is the, the the crazy lady grabbing the baby? What's she doing right now? Does she have the baby? Or? Yeah, yeah, she's got the baby. So, so what do you, you guys, hmm. do you have a plan here, you two? Yeah, we're going to lash that baby to the back of one of us and climb up to the top of that big rock right here. I can carry and her, but we need to get her to the top. Why you? do we need to do that? I've seen her up there. I... I, I've been watching. I, I, I know that the the other man is up there too, or he will be. He is. I, I don't know. I, I can help. I, I, I don't care if they take me. I, I have to bring Joanna up there. Maybe you are in no state to climb that mountain, and I can prove it. Do ten jumping jacks right now. No, wait. Let, can I? I'm just going to step these other two off to the side. Um, she's not going anywhere like by herself. And 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 we're not gonna go too far where we can't keep our eye on her anyway. So I say, uh I, there is something going on here. And I think we do need to get to the top, but we need to be in control of this situation. Sure. So what is it that they think is going to happen up there? Because I'm not terribly sure. I have no idea. Like I, I really have no idea. I don't know if aliens are gonna come or I don't know what is gonna happen, but I think that when she mentions this other guy, for whatever reason, I don't have a clue. I think that's the man that's been infecting everyone. Well, yeah, I think well that Lex, so I've been getting the feeling like I'm trying to get this child home, right? That, that was the feeling that I was like, or at least the baby was like conveying to me. Something like that. You, close you've to, okay. been feeling some sort of pull. So this is some weird Spielberg cross between um, Close Encounters of a Third Kind and E.T., where we've got to get can't the baby. You can recognize. This is where Close Encounters of the Third Kind happened, man. Um, so do we think? Do we think uh, that the, Do we think we can climb this thing? I think so. I mean, I've got 
a decent amount of rope in my truck. I don't know if I have enough for everybody. I do know that there's it, the routes are pretty well established with Petons, uh, you know, so we'd have anchor points to clip to. I mean, it's not going to be easy by any means, but um, we can get up there. But I'm curious how we're going to maintain control over much of anything while we're all climbing uh, as far as here you know i'm not the most athletic doctor in the world in fact i'm probably the least i don't know if i want to climb a mountain okay the other thought that i had is um we had that tape right do you still have that yeah it's in the truck and there's some kind of sing song thing there right yeah i was thinking of i don't know bringing it with me and yeah playing it at the top uh, yeah i think you should and i think bagman you should go up because you're infected and then maybe maybe there's going to be some miracle cure or something or maybe there's i don't really have any idea um and i would like to go up but it just looks really daunting i mean it it's it looks and it's the middle of the night and there's no other way up except no. to climb correct here on all sides yeah, it's kind of, I can post some more photos in chat, but yeah, it's it just looks like a giant rectangle was forced up from the ground. Yeah. But there is a pretty clearly marked climbing path that, as Highline said, that there's Petons like, going all the way up it. Um, actually, Throttle, could you go ahead and make me a luck roll while you're... Dude, that's like flipping a coin. Yeah. So let's see if it's heads. It's heads. Okay. Um, while you're saying this, Janet overhears and says, oh, if, if you need to climb, opens up the back of her Subaru Crosstrek and has a, a set of climbing gear. It's for one, and the shoes are a bit small for maybe Bagman, but um, it looks like that she may have some additional climbing gear in her car. Okay, so who's who's all going up and who's staying? Wait, who brought climbing gear in the car? Janet. Yes, yeah, secretary. <clears throat> the one that you made drive in her car. Is it was climber. lucky that she rock climbs for a hobby in Montana, so she has extra climbing gear in her car because you were lucky. <laughs> so who's staying below? All right. Now this lady said that she want. I don't. I don't think I want to let this lady carry the baby up. I don't. Tr I don't. Oh, trust why her. not? Let her. She's going to be the most protective of it, and she wants to get to the top worse than you do. That's true. Yeah. I guess I'll awesome. stay down here and I'll and I'll 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 uh, I'll, uh, uh, I'll contact the other two and let them know. Just remember that as we're climbing up which we should get a start on right away as the morning comes people are going to tourists are going to start showing up probably it's a several hour climb yes it looks yeah. like it'll take at least a few hours to climb i don't know what that i was actually very non-specific it looks like it'll take at least four hours to climb if you were to speak in game terms <laughs> i mean I'll go up there, but I, I would like to go up there with protection. What do you mean? Something bigger than the, than a service pistol? We don't know what's up there. 
Do we have do we have anything that's a heavier caliber weapon? It would have to be in Highline's truck. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I, I will. I will also say, I have lost track of where the submachine gun and the rocket launcher have run off to. Kios, Kios, or Joy has them. We don't have them. Just so, climb the damn thing. Yeah, Highline would probably have a truck gun. I mean, it's nothing probably be fancy, but also it's if it's a long gun, it's probably unwieldy to have that on and climb. You could probably do it, but. Here, enjoy this truck. Enjoy isn't here, right? Nope. Correct. God damn it, Joy. Most likely, being from where he's from, Highline probably has like an old Winchester 3030 or something, like in a gun rack in the rear window. Well, well, let's do this. Can I use my phone and search like, um, uh, sporting shops in, that are close to the area. I mean, we're in a like, like national midnight. park. No, we're not. Here's really... midnight. I'm gonna break into that mother. No, we're not really. Here. Just climb the mountain, will you, man? We're not really near. Quit stalling. Get up the mountain. Yeah, you drove for, I would say, upwards of 30 minutes. That this is out in national park territory, so it would be a heck of a drive if you wanted to go out and break into a gun store because nothing could go wrong with that plan yeah you'd have to drive for a while out probably sundance is closest and that's i mean that's back the way we came is there like a like there's a... not much in this area it's just a, a national man bag man a gun is not going to work anyways i don't need. it's not always what about a so, fire extinguisher can i find one of that in in the which call in the visitor shop you're going to climb with a fire extinguisher? Yes. Here's There's one in my car. We had it in the trunk with all the climbing gear. It's and a yogurt. Subaru. They're super safe. Yes, they, of course, they have a tiny little ultra compact fire extinguisher. There you go. And we have pudding cups, too. Well, I mean, Alex, what I'm thinking is like, if something not good is up there, a gun is probably not going to work. And... My best shot is to fire extinguisher the area, like like a smoke screen, like Batman, and run. That that was my plan. And then and, what? and jump, jump run off. off the top of the fifteen hundred meter tall mountain. We're, we're well, really, they don't know, Batman. We're really, I mean, as far as security and safety up the top, and in the event of like a skirmish, I mean, we're bottlenecked. I mean, we have a platform, and then. A sheer drop off on okay. all sides. It, it, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's not much we're going to be able to do about it. Okay, but you can definitely Batman fire extinguisher. I'd... It's probably a bad idea anyway. I don't know. I was just trying to think outside the box. I apologize. No, I, no bad ideas. I mean, except for my ideas. <laughs> outside the box, you say? There's not a lot of safety challenges we can mitigate in this situation yeah i don't think so so well let's get to climbing okay so in that case bagman do you want to take joanna i, I would ask that you make a little bit of a persuade role but i think uh christina is going to go up there with or without you
Um, do I want Joanna on my back instead of hers? Mm-hmm. I I just my feeling is the child needs to get up there. Um, if she's aligned with that goal, I'm not a hundred percent against her doing it. Um, if you think you're stronger, why did you just ask her? Well, that that was the question I had for you, Lex. Like, because that was the big thing that was hitting hit, hitting me. That's what I kept feeling, like the strength and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, do do I like do I have the strength to climb a mountain? Because it was at one point where I was like stuck in this chair for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you feel really in control of your faculties. Like you you felt like you were hung over as hell, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like you're weak and can't climb up or do anything okay i will say yeah mechanically it's going to come down to an athletics test and if you want to if you want to take it slow and steady it can uh like that's all right if you want to try and bust ass and get to the top that's an option too but that will be being a little bit more reckless okay uh yeah i'll I'll go up um I will, okay, I'll try to persuade her to take the child, just in case. Okay. And for her to take the child? No, for me to take the child. I'm sorry if I misspoke. Okay. Uh, so, look, uh, we, got, we, got our, we, got our, we got quite the climb. I think you already know that. You're from the area. Um, um, you're worse off than me right now. I think it might be better if you go up, uh, you go ahead of me, and I follow you with the child. Okay, and go ahead and roll me a persuade, just to see how she'll react. It's 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 the way you said that makes me nervous, um, and it's the way I roll that makes me sad. Eighty one. Um, that is, I don't even have to look at my sheet. I know that's a fail. Okay. Um, it would be very fun if you had an 80 persuade. Uh, anyway, so as, as you're saying this, you feel this, you get that sort of movie feeling as like both of your eyes meet. And she says, you could put a line to me. I'll go ahead of you. And if I fall, at least I know that you'll still have Joanna. I don't care if I fall. But I feel like she needs this. You ready? I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a good idea. I, I I'm okay with the line. I agree with that, um, but I think I should at least start with the child on my back. Okay. Okay. But okay. I'm still going first. Okay. All right. So it's going to be on you. Make sure. Make sure the the, the hard points are, you know, stable. Um, and. We'll, we'll, we'll make it somehow. All right. And Highline, for your purposes too, let's say you still have your sidearm and you have a truck gun, if you would want to sling that over your back for the climb up. And Bagman, you have your service pistol and an ultra-compact fire extinguisher. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep it on my back. Since, I mean, if I do it right, I'm not going to be, my back's not going to, shouldn't be dragging on the rocks unless I'm screwing up. Right. Unless you, yeah, do something very bad. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, so I would like you two to roll me an athletics test while I roll for Christina. Yeah, and does, uh, did Janet Bryant, like, carabiners would be nice. Could I borrow a couple of those? Does she have, like, a surplus of those? You got it. All right. That was a good luck roll. That is a fail for my athletics roll. Okay. Athletics. Darn it. Yeah, I failed too. Fail or screen fail? Just regular fail. Okay. I failed my double, if that matters. No, it's just if you roll double digits. So if you rolled like an 88 or something. I rolled a 60. Okay. No, that's fine. Okay. All right. So the we watch the <laughs> uh, Janet and Throttle are leaning back against the car while Throttle is texting and uh, watch the three intrepid explorers begin climbing up this mountain. The stars and moon are so bright that you have a decent amount of ambient light uh, and you begin climbing. Joy, you are alone in a glorified concrete pit with a metal storm door over the top and a bevy of explosives all around you and a body bag that seems to be slowly inflating. Ah, this is my birthday. <laughs> so seeing the body bag slowly inflating, looking around, seeing the different, um, you know, thermite explosives and, and glass bottles and whatnot, Joy starts rigging up um, the room, you know, using some, you know, pulley, counter pulleys, um, knowing and being worried that the um, body bag is really being kept closed just by that, um, you know, zip. And if this bacteria, fungus, whatever you want to call it, um, is going to eat through it and, and sort of really bleed out, then, um, you know, things could actually fly out. So he's going to hopefully be able to rig it so that um, the moment the bag gets light enough, the counter pulley would pull and four of the thermite grenades pin would sort of pull out. That way, hopefully with the ultra high heat and everything, um, it will um, sort of do what needs to be done and contain the infection. And hopefully that's just through like you know, threads and, and rope and stuff like that. Um, or do I need to roll I, for MacGyver? I want you to roll something okay. to make an explosive Rube Goldberg machine. Um, in Mechanical the, something? In, yeah, in the dark. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see what uh, would be reasonable. Um, would intelligence be a cop-out? I don't know what would be appropriate. Because it's going to come down to not only intelligence, but a little bit of physical dexterity. So let's do an intelligence minus 20, just to be sure that things work the way that you think that they should. Okay, so 50-50 chance and (laughs) 90. All right. Well... You have gotten all of these strings hooked up. You're a little bit worried about using several of the mouse traps from the wet cardboard box of loose mouse right, traps like in order to it hold out. the string yeah. up at various levels. Right. But 
for right now, you you have that tense scene where you sort of attach the top and run the yep. string down to hold four grenades at once. Right. And you just sort of let go. And All right. So seeing that the situation has clearly been contained um, and nothing can possibly go wrong, um, Joy would go about and retrieve one, um, some of the um, glass bottles that are clearly marked as um, corrosive. So those, um, you know, pseudo Molotovs. He's also going to retrieve from the um, gym bag a certain article that we had talked about. Um, and last but not least, seeing that there is a certain milk can or canister marked, um, do not open, do not touch, don't do anything. Joy will, of course, do absolutely nothing as he slowly walks out the door. All right. So in your... And uh, I'm not closing the door or slamming it because that might accidentally trigger the um, the, the the thing. I was kind of hoping you would I know, I know, I know. So yeah, let's just hope that nothing goes terribly wrong uh, whenever a team comes in to pick up a body underneath that, this That would be unfortunate. I, I, I'll text be, them about it. I'll let them know. That would be terrible. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you walk back through pitch black woods yep. uh i'm gonna keep an eye out suit. on the um keep an eye out on that farmhouse you know to, to make sure um do i detect unusual shadows the from the light oh okay i'll still um keep the lights off on my end hopefully be able to navigate um back to the car through moonlight whatever um, light i can find sure i mean you have a flashlight with you right. you bought that combo pack of mag lights from Costco, i did so yeah thank you Costco. you have spares all right, and you can get back in the car. All right, having gone back in the car, I'm going to um, dr start driving sort of back to the city. And as I am doing that, I'm going to uh, text Kios and tell him, you know, Agent Kios, please uh, be ready to notify the local FBI that the Sons of Freedom um, are about to enact some domestic terrorism. Dude, we are all over the news. We? We. Uh, apparently, Agent Highline got in some sort of scrape with the police, and the sheriff knows all of us, so we're all on the... They're looking for all of us. I am currently in disguise and uh, doing something else. That, that Then that would be unfortunate. I guess Lex... Um are like all our faces there or only the people who kindly gave their IDs is on the news okay. because they were arguing about whether or not to ride in a Prius mm -hmm. uh, and did not grab the dash cam out of the sheriff's vehicle before they bolted. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, Bagman spun out. Uh, so yeah. that kicked up enough dust that the dash cam was not able to get that license plate mm -hmm. as well. But, okay. but they've mentioned uh, all of our then, names. Right. So, well, did they know uh, all of our names like, or only Potter the people who only gave recognized IDs? Sansom's name yeah. because of the uh, introductions. I do. Oh, no, you were there, too. So it would have said oh, Sanson yeah. and Locke. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. Yes, because of you course. were both there. Um, I don't think I gave ID or had ID to give. So Mine's a fake name. Yeah. So. 
Did you use fake names or real names? I always use fake names. Okay, because we well, we were told to use real times. names. You were yeah. instructed to try and use real names uh, because right, actual right. FBI yeah. are All right. nearby. So, anyways, I'm I'm leaving the scene. Okay, um, yeah. but I'm also trying to. I'm I'm going to head to Berkeley Pit and see if I can leave a message for the environmentalists about the infectious disease. All they have to do is test for it, and they'll find it. And then it's out of our hands. But I'm not going to Devil's Tower. Mm, I understood. I um, will be visiting the three sites. You and you, do you want care to see the done. body? Um, please notify Delta Green um, that the body is in the green box, but fail safes have been set. That might be precarious, so approach with extreme caution. What what sort of fail safes? Uh, let's put it this way. I am concerned that the fungus would eat through the body bag and the, um, you know, zip and everything and get out. So precautions have been made. Very warm ones. Well, what did you do with the artifact? Which artifact? The container that says do not open under any circumstances. I did exactly that. You opened it? No, I did not touch it. Okay, well, it's going to blow up. When the uh, if your thing goes off, this is true. Ideally, we would be far away from it and have not touched it. And what if it ends the world? Whatever you don't even know what it is, <laughs> uh, my dear Agent Kios. If it ends the world, I believe it will no longer be my concern. Who trained you? <laughs> In any event, um, I will take care of the three other sites to the extent possible. Um, the Sons of Freedom will get some attention, if it matters, and we will go from there. Good luck. Good luck, Cajun Kios, and with any luck, we will not see each other again. And I'll try to make sure of that. <laughs> and just to clarify, because I think there might be a slight misunderstanding, Kios, you heard Potter giving orders just over the police scanner. Only Highline's face is on the public news media right now. Correct. That was mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I I wrote it because I did hear my name. Right. So I mean they could just look up in right. the FBI file what my face looks like and they'll have me. So that's why right. I what I've that done would is be unfortunate. What but I've done is I tore up my clothes, <laughs> I put on a bandana, I left the car that I rented there. And I went and I hijacked somebody's Harley. And I'm imagining so I, you like a prison Mike from the I office. just I look I look like a completely different person. He looks and natural am, in this. And state. I am heading out because yeah. I figure there might be people on the. Well, I will also say with your law knowledge that him saying that would be an indication that they don't have anything to actually bring you up on. But this is a a small town kind of fiefdom. Uh, he is used to being in charge yeah. and getting his way mm. than making it up after. I don't want so, to be questioned. So that is a fair motivator. And I do think somebody in Delta Green needs to make it out. <laughs> that is true. So actually, let's bring the camera mm. uh, back over to you because a certain group of others are still climbing. Uh, as you are bad to the bone plays on the background and driving out towards, you say you're going to the Berkeley pit. Going to the Berkeley pit. Okay. That's out in Butte. That's another like 45 minute to an hour drive. Yeah. All right. And all I'm going to do there is if if the environmentalists aren't there, and I don't expect they would be at this time of night, 
I'm going to leave them a detailed message, just telling them to check the water. Something's terribly wrong. There's a fungus. And Didn't then I'm going to drive. Card. I'm going to drive away. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to make phone calls. I mean, okay. But like that phone is a burner phone anyways. You could like text them and dump it or something. Yeah, we could. Um, maybe I'll leave them a text message as well. But Okay. Um, and then I'm, I'm heading. I guess I'm, I've got to cut ties with my home. So, ah, uh, well. <laughs> Such okay. is the life of an agent. So, are you sailing off the scene? I am going to sail off the scene. Okay. Which well, I understand. You know. Yeah. Sure. You uh, may get contacted, and a little bit later. Um, as we watch you ride off into the night, uh, let's see, it's been about an hour. Throttle, what are you up to? You've been watching them climb up the mountain, just look like little specks slowly making their way up. You hear a lot of grunting. It's me and Jenny, right? Yes. You want to get a drink? Um, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> we get in the car and go to a bar. All right. Highline, with your crazy alertness as you're climbing up the mountain, you see that your support is driving away. Hey, what the what the hell? As you as your attention is diverted, your foot slips and you bam crank your head against the wall. You're gonna take one HP of damage. As you kind of your nose is now bleeding out over your face. Fuck. That was your fail from earlier. Ugh. Bagman, let's get this over with. We gotta drop this baby off for God knows what, and then I gotta get home to my pregnant wife and unborn son and get the hell out of Dodge. Can I interject for just one moment? Is the Berkeley pit in the direction of Wyoming or is it in the opposite? Not in the slightest. Okay. Berkeley pit is basically straight south, and then Wyoming is east southeast. All right. I was thinking about going and just watching and seeing what happens, but. I won't make it in time. Okay. Yeah, let's let's get let's get this over with. Um, so I'm seeing throttle <laughs> drive off. Um, I I guess we just got to keep climbing. Um, yeah, I got. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep climbing. I mean, there's nothing else to do at this point, and uh, nothing else. Are you know this, whatever this is? I think this is the best thing for it. Like to remove the uh, source of the contagion, or at least that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. So, okay. So you all keep climbing up in the dark of the night, especially as you start going up higher than the tree line. There's not that many sounds aside from your own grunting, the sound of your shoes and knuckles scraping against the rock, clicking of the uh, calipers going up and up. Uh, at a certain point, you hear a slip. And you look up and see that Christina, um, the rope came loose and she is actually whipped out towards the side and her arm crunches as she tries to hold on. Ew. 
Joanna um, is screaming and crying from the backpack that's out towards her arm. Christina screams and then lurches herself back up towards the top and is going to continue moving. With a broken arm, with or at least fractured. Um, You're pretty sure you heard something that sounded like a green twig snapping when she went around on the side. That could be her tendon. Um, well, she's got another arm. Yep. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, she rolled a crit fail. So context. Okay. Uh, all right. Ew. So there's nothing really I can do for her. I'm I'm barely climbing up this mountain myself. Um, but if she falls, she could take me with her. And Joanna. But she's the lead climber, and me cutting the line is not going to make this safer. So I'm just in a really bad position. Okay. Um, to be fair, you want, you've sort of been in a bad position for the past few days. Yeah, it did. This mission. <laughs> Wait a minute. So we we wouldn't all be connected to the same rope i would i imagined it was like we each had a length of rope tied to us with two ends with like a carabiner at each end hook onto one eyelet climb well, a little hook onto the next one then unhook from the one that's below you and climb up a little and hook onto the next one then unhook. yes and that was bagman's effort to try and convince christina to let him carry joanna was to put a line between the two of them so there's a line between those two but highline you're just working independently that way I didn't realize that was what they were. That's incredibly unsafe, Bagman. I am not in she my right mind. A bloody nose. Okay. <laughs> she was very convincing. <laughs> Is can you undo? Can you can you undo that? Can you go back to being individual some way? Like, can I like roll like a? I mean, can I roll like a will save to see if I can? force myself to do it do you want to untie that line you can untie the line from yourself okay yeah you're both rigged up like highline is like because that's best case yeah so i'm imagining each of them are rigged up individually but then there is an additional line going between uh bagman and christina yeah just cut that that is so bad for you do you have a knife? Because I don't. I checked my character sheet. Oh uh, yes, but uh, how am I? Are we close to each other? I mean, can I give him one? Do you want to try and get close enough to each other that you can reach out and hand a knife to him? I mean, if I'm, if, yeah, if I'm hooked up and I just have to kind of, you know, hold on to the rope and lean over. I mean, worst case, I drop it and he doesn't get to use it, but. You would also be following the exact same path going up. Mm-hmm. So you would just both kind of, I let's say Highline, you're in third place. And so Bagman is right in the middle. So you could sort of climb up towards him and try and cut the line uh, sharing similar space. It's going to get a little cramped up there. But yeah, just hold on a second, Bagman. Just let me catch up to you for a little bit. I'll cut the line and then let you get ahead of me and then I'll keep following you. Okay. 
Okay. It was dark. So, I didn't see you do that. If I had known that you were tying yourselves together, I probably would have spoken against that earlier, but <laughs> it was an oversight. Let's say Christina is sort of currently dealing with a potentially broken arm at this point, and so is kind of stalled out at the top, so not actively tugging it back then. Um, Highline, you can bring up or go up and give him a knife to uh, cut through the line. You're going to have to sort of take both hands off in order to, or to maybe put some tension on the rope and then cut it from with the other hand. Um, as you do, you are sort of sawing through it, sawing through it. The line ends up getting cut. You can hand the, la- the knife back to Highline. Okay. And as you slowly try to unclip and move your carabiner up, you step up again. The Peton crunches slightly on your other foot. (laughs) Your foot goes out from under you and you hear your head crack, or rather Highline hears your head crack against the stone. And you're going to take another HP of damage, just one. Oh, that did not sound good. Bagman, you're right. I I rung my bell pretty good, I'm, but I'm I've, I'm not falling, right? No, you're not falling. Okay, yeah, you're I'm okay. I just rang my bell that. pretty good. Glad you have such a thick skull. Yeah, and thick. Yeah, his blood is like trailing a little bit on my. Head. <laughs> Oh man, this is so bad. Um, Imagine the view. Yeah, I'm not like that climber type, so I have not looked down or out since we <laughs> since we've gone up. You're this just thing. keeping your eyes straight ahead on the rock. Yeah. As you stop and catch your breath from all this, you can hear some faint sounds coming from further up. You might guess that you're close to halfway up at this point. We hear sounds from, like, above us? From the summit. So are they, like, avian, or they're, like, reptile noises, or? Maybe. It's this bizarre, sometimes it buzzes, sometimes you just hear, like, syllable sounds. Doesn't seem to be following a pattern. Highline, I don't know if you can hear that, but we need to be ready once we get up there. Yeah, I mean, but listen, we're going to be slowly like lurching over a ledge and untying ourselves from ropes. I don't know if we're going to really get the jump on anybody there, Bagman. No, it's not about getting the jump. It's just, just being ready. That's all. I mean, there's no way to get the jump. We're, we're exposed on the side of a mountain. It's more like, yeah, I get it. Who's up to the, the, uh, Christina's up in, ahead, like in first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, nothing to it but to just get on up there and see what that ruckus is all about, really. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep climbing. We'll continue climbing. Joy. 
what are you doing with a sack full of explosives and an Elvis Presley wig? So wearing his luxurious Elvis Presley wig, Joyce starts mapping out three locations. Um, Brent McCaslin's home, the Kerner's uh, home, and also um, the Jacob's household to try to determine which one is the farthest away from the police station, fire station, whatever. His plan is to hit the first, uh, the farthest away location, light it on fire, do certain things there. Then while people are distracted, hit the second and third one, ideally in sequence to make sure that, um, you know, while the cops or whoever are distracted with fire site one, he can get two and three, um, you know, inflamed before he GTFOs. Okay. Yeah. So. While dressed as Elvis. In order to. Hmm. Like it's a Google map, you'd imagine like it's not too difficult to map mm-hmm. a trajectory. Yeah. So can you list the three locations again? Let me pull sure. Map up. So I want to take up the Jacob's household, uh, the Kerner's home, and also uh, Brent McCaslin's house. And I don't know where Brent um, lives. No, so I, I do, but I don't have it on the map. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. pinging the three locations, yep. it almost makes a triangle. Right. And I actually did not plan that intentionally. Dun, dun, dun. But Fred yep. Jacobs' home is towards the southeast area yep. of um, Helena. It's south of uh, Costco. Yeah, Holsey's yeah. home is sort of in the northwest. Yeah. And uh Brent McCaslin's is towards the northeast, up towards okay. uh up towards the airport. Okay. So, so you sort of can take your pick. Right. So which one would I think you would pass Jacob's home first. Okay, but which uh which route would it be such that the middle point is uh closest to the police station? Like I'm gonna make sure I don't end up like right next to the police station while they're all, or, or or rather I want to be the closest to the police station while they're all gone at site one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's probably about Holsey's, the same. Age. Yeah. Going to Holsey's home. Yeah. Would put you in closest proximity mm-hmm. towards the sheriff's office right. and the coroner's office, which okay. was already firebombed earlier. Right. So, so I that will, would be technically be the most dangerous one to hit. Correct, correct. So I'm going to hit Jacob's house first. Stay there probably a little bit longer than is wise, and then hit up the Kerner's uh, home, and then hit up McCasson's house. So that would be the order that I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah. So there's really nothing to roll for. Just Driving, setting a house yeah. on fire, like right. especially with a sack full of corrosive Molotov right. cocktails. Now, as I'm doing that, I'm wearing my Elvis wig, and I'll be yelling, "Red sky, white sun," and and you know, um, the the motto for the Sons of Freedom, um, as loud as I can, um, while doing that. Okay, um, you can certainly do that. Uh, yes, let's. Make, night, I'm going to yeah. say that the the first one is free. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time whenever you want to hit Holsey's, which um, is the most risky one, yeah, technically. Right. Uh, I think I would ask for is your drive auto, uh, or I think it's just drive uh, or stealth. What are those two scores? Um, my drive is 40 and my stealth is 60. 
I'm pretty sneaky about it. Let's do, I think it would have more to do with stealth than okay. you're not in an active car pursuit. So right. like being sure to sort of check around on the roads yep. as you inch through. Yeah. Go ahead and roll me stealth. Ooh. Ah, 57 under 60. Okay. Um, so you can go do that. Right. And do, 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 do. You, yeah, you, let's say that you stop at a stop sign yep. and then wait just a little while longer and see fire engines right. and police. While my Elvis sort of wig dark. is on. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. minding my own business. Listening to NPR very loudly. Yep. No one would suspect it. Exactly. Yep. And you can drive to Holsey's location. Okay. So at Holsey's location, I'm not going to shout and attract any more attention than I need to. And I'm just going to start firebombing that location as well. Okay. You can get that one done. Excellent. Now, they and should be the farthest away from the third location, kind of, because they're ideally at correct. Jacob's house. Yeah. Yeah. And so for this one, you can skirt around the outside of town, okay. take a little bit of extra time. Right and hit McCaslin's home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to go in, not going to do anything. It, it is uh, McCaslin's house, again, like suburbia kind of thing, just like the other two or um, more it's middle more of It's more condos. Nowhere. It's There's okay. a little bit of gentrification, like sort of mm -hmm. creeping in just mm -hmm. slightly. So it's that's, it's a little postmodern condo. Okay, that's unfortunate. Uh, I'm sure there are other people there. So out of courtesy, I will. Again, start yelling out, Red Sky, White Sun, and, and you know, a few times, um, and then start torching the condo and then kindly drive off uh, the scene. Okay. Yep. Man, how are y'all going to solve this mystery tomorrow? Uh... <laughs> oh, um, and of course, um, as I'm doing that, I'll also make sure to um, log on my phone um, to check in my current. Uh, balance to see um, based on the past few days um, how much money I've been able to save on Costco, like for yeah. my five percent back in. Yeah. So bathed in the warm <laughs> firelight of uh, the arson, you can sort of scroll through and see your rewards points. And um, that baking soda actually had double uh, mm. points back. Ooh. So yeah, you've earned approximately fifteen dollars out of your five percent cash back over this whole trip. So. Seems it's been be a good it's mission. been a good trip. So Joy drives off uh into the not sunset, I guess the fly the fires to his back. Um yeah. It still just, has that sunset kind of hue, that little exactly. crepuscular, like orange right. fading into purple. Right. Think about you, how many rotisserie chickens he can get um from um from the points he's or from the cashback he's been able to get. Precisely. Yeah. Right. You know, humming his happy um tuneless tune, uh completely off key as usual. All right. So, Highline and Bagman, you're nearing the top of the mountain. Highline, you in particular can recognize it sounds like that song that McCaslin was playing over and over again in the car. You can hear it at this point that it does seem to be repeating, just taking a very long time to do so. His voice is hoarse, like he's been doing this for hours. As you get closer to the surface, you can see the silhouette 
of a man standing with his arms raised uh, towards the middle of the platform, looking out towards the Milky Way, sort of, I'm imagining that as you're climbing up, exhausted from this Batman, you can see it as well. Christina is nursing her arm. Is I've returned scene? from the bar with Jenny and okay. I'm in the parking lot down below. Perfect. I'm sure I can't see this. Is it just one? Well, actually, you could see something a little odd is happening as you come back, slightly buzzed, in a little bit better mood. Um, you notice that some of these stars in the Milky Way above, they seem to be blinking on and off very slightly. Sometimes it's faster than others. It almost looks like a rendering glitch. It's just coming back. And it's really does it, difficult. Does it look like satellites or anything? Well, that's your thought that it, it might be a plane or a satellite blinking, but it's it's not moving laterally. It's moving towards the mountain. And as from the viewpoint of Highline and Bagman, they seem to be getting bigger. And eventually you see that it's something the size of a, a large bear, a small sedan, that something seems to be floating, almost like some sort of bubble is coming down, three of them, towards this figure and the song ceases they almost look like a starfish or something inside of the bubble as they land silently oh so um first of all what are y'all going to do as they are getting closer well i don't want to be hanging here so i am going to get up onto the platform yeah um and unhook myself. And um, so it's just this, that one guy up here? Just the one guy. He has his back to you. All right. Um, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to see what he just rocked. Okay. So as these things come closer to the ground, the light distorts slightly less around them, and they come more and more into view. You can see what might be starfish arms or some kind of limbs. They land with five limbs on the ground itself. Their bodies seem to be soft, almost pinkish in hue, covered in almost like a sponge with pores that seem to be dilating like thousands of mouths gasping for air. I... One is floating in the sky above, almost like a jellyfish taking away an unseen current. The one, uh, one is in the front and approaches, who you can only assume is Brent McCaslin. It has some sort of a translucent worm or something that's sticking out of its back and writhing 
pulsing slightly in a different tune than the rest of it. It's what must be its face. It's only just a slightly different texture of folds that flashes different colors slightly begins to buzz back magman you were going to say something yeah um I, w- I would also like to get myself up on onto the summit um at that point i would like to give the baby to the mother um yeah i don't i don't i don't want any of that um uh, Good luck. Have a nice trip. Uh, this is as far as I go, and I'll give her the baby. That feeling, that that pull, that connection that you feel with Christina and with Joanna, with this figure in front, you you can feel something similar to these things. It's different. It's warmer. It's. It's some kind of connection. I would like both of you to roll sand before what's about to happen. All right, I, that, I got a success. I got a success. Okay. So, I'm gonna double check this. So, you both are going to lose one sand from seeing this extremely alien entity. I think I have uh, something of a photo to share that seemed it has too many limbs that are bending in different directions. Its body seems to actively be molding and reshaping with limbs growing and retracting out of it. The one in front, its folds of what must be a face begin vibrating and soon make some rough semblance of buzzing speech says no i'm not going to sound like stitch fuck it um you have become something other than human are you prepared to see vistas that only open to the favored children who is it addressing the figure standing in front of it he steps forward slightly and you can hear sobbing as he approaches it and says the words black book case green thunder sideways recoiling the figure seems to shudder and its left side splits slightly one clawed appendage reaches inside of itself and grabs what looks like a piece of rotting meat with some sort of black stones and attachments inside of it the other appendage comes and takes hold of uh, Brett McCaslin's neck and kneels him over. The piece of meat 
touches his head and you hear a slight moan as it as well you hear a slight moan from Brett McCaslin as a high-pitched hum screes around the perimeter of his skull and you hear a wet shake and a hollow plop from a disc hitting the stone in front of him. The claw reaches in and you hear some wet, slorping sounds as something is removed and put inside another container that you weren't even paying attention to this arm that seems to bring out a cylinder and places this inside. Brent McCaslin's body falls to the floor or to the stone as this entity puts the top on this cylinder and puts it back inside of itself. You see through your shock only because it breaks your immediate field of vision. Christina is walking towards them. You both can roll sand one more time. An eight. Uh, that is a fail. Okay. Um, that one is a... So, Highline, you already know this is fucked up and have just sort of disengaged your brain from paying attention to anything else. Bagman, you're going to roll me a d4 and take that much sanity loss. And Highline, actually, since you managed to keep your head, you notice the other two creatures are no longer behind the one. You got caught up in the spectacle in front of you, but these shining things are not immediate where they were before. Back then, you lost two? Okay. What are you two doing? They're just I, Like, I, I, I think I'll say to Hyman, like, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, listen, it's a long way down. So let's hope that they, these things got what they're after and they fly off to wherever the fuck they came from. And I can climb out of here. You can climb out of here. I'm taking care of. We're fucking moving to Matizzi and never doing anything eventful ever again. Matizzi sounds really fucking good right now. Hell yeah, it does. But those other two things, you said they're not where they were. Where are they? As you wheel around, you'll notice that somehow they have come behind you. They're still floating, flying. They don't make any sounds when they move. You only notice because as you're looking amidst all these stars around you, that there's different flashes of light. That's the only giveaway. They don't make any sounds, but you see the folds on this one's face flash a certain color, and you notice it's a slight flash behind you, and then it's gone. You're having to look around in the negatives and the stars 
to try and see where these creatures are. You want those those guys, not us. Wherever. Not a this part is of way. Them. I don't have any advantage of this, right? I'm way too far below. I, I saw the lights come down, and I don't think I could see any of this. Well, at this point, I think that you could potentially see some sort of strange floating lights moving around towards the top of it. Yeah. And like, we, we, you, you, if you can take them, we, we're not here. Um, we're not here. Good luck. John Cena. Just... I, I, we don't want to see vistas or panoramas in nope. space or anything. So we're we're delivery boys. Christina approaches the one that met Mr. McCaslin and has Joanna in her arms and says, can you take her? I, I don't care if you take me. Can you take her? The second creature, or a second creature, lands completely silently behind her. It's like watching puppets on strings. It has these webbed appendages that look like wings, but they don't flap like a bird or a bat. They're just almost satellites sticking out from its body. One touches her head and touches Joanna. and moves closer towards the ground. Its body shudders and contorts and splits open like a flower blooming. Joanna, or Christina, cries, kisses her daughter on the head and places her inside of this entity whole. Christina, or Joanna cries slightly and then becomes silenced as the flower petals close again. This creature grabs Christina with two pinchers on either side, three more rear up from the front and hold her down. I want Highline, call high low. I you watch this creature. It must be bite inject forcefully onto Christina's front. And Highline, you begin to feel cold, soft, bone-like appendages grab at your back. Oh, no. I'm going to try to get out of that. All right. We're going to enter some combat time. So, uh, what are both of y'all's decks? Uh, 
let's see, my dex is 85. Okay. And Bagman. All right. Uh, there's a 19. That'll be a pass. Uh, no, no, no. What is your dex times five? Oh, that's a, that's a 50. Okay. Okay. Ivan, you can feel this closing in and your survival instincts finally snap back again as you sort of duck and pivot out from this first grasp. You hear this sound issue from the thing behind you. What do you do? All right. I'd like to shoulder my truck gun and can I see it? Yes. It's large. It's the size of, I mean, if it were standing like a quadruped, it would be the size of a grizzly bear. As it is, it seems to be all just like some sort of pinkish sponge thing with mouths and pores opening up all over it. It seems to be shuddering, the limbs moving. It has four crab-like appendages at its front. Yeah, I don't want to go with these fuckers. And standing on too many legs. Too many legs. Let's see if I can do something about that. All right, go ahead and roll me firearms. All right. That's a success. Okay. Um, roll me damage. All right. What would a like a, a lever action rifle be? What is like? Let's call it a D10. Oh, then I'm not sure you have a freaking handgun. All right. Um, okay, well, fine. If it's a rifle, let's do a D12. All right. Uh, okay. One. So you whip back and try and bam and do just a recoil shot back at this thing. And you swear you should have hit it. It's like you're, it's like when you have bad signal on your TV and it seems to and glitched out. Your bullet didn't seem to do anything to it. Damn it. It is its turn again. It is making sounds that are difficult to describe, sounds that should not exist, and is going to lunge towards you with its four quad arms raised. And it grapples onto you. Uh. Since you fired your gun, you can attempt to defend, which would mean sacrificing your next turn in order to uh, act now and try and get out of this. But you can feel, as you try and dodge out of ones that are coming for your shoulders, others grab towards your hips, and you can feel yourself getting grappled. I help. Soon. Yeah, I'm going to try to, like, juke out of the way or whatever, um, just to, I don't want this thing flying away with me. Okay, so you can roll a dodge. 
and you'll lose your next turn. All right. Let's see if that does it. Uh, does not. Okay. So yeah, again, you try and juke and turn, but you're not used to something trying to grab at your shoulders and your hips at once. So it seems to have you set. Bagman, you see this thing pouncing on top of your front. The the one with the worm that met McCaslin is begins moving towards you, even as its sharp too many legs hit the stone, you barely hear a sound as it moves. And as it tries to cross the distance between you and McCaslin, it seems to blip out and immediately appear right in front of you, moving, not moving faster, just almost teleporting to be in front of you. And let's see, does that actually use their turn? No, it does not. Um, okay, it is going to attempt to grapple you as well. What do you want to do? Uh, I would like to distract it with the fire extinguisher. So as this thing is Nightcrawler teleporting and rushing up onto you, I am not even going to make you roll just because this is very fun for me to imagine. And <laughs> so you can feel its claws are bearing down into you. And yeah, you let the fire extinguisher loose into its weird, like pruned finger fold looking face. Yeah, and he just gets a face full of ABC. Okay. Highline. Unfortunately, you used your turn. So to try and dodge this, you see the folds on the face begin to spread open slightly. Oh. And something that looks like teeth or stalagmites almost are coming out. Stingers. And it is going to try and bite you. Son of a bitch. You want to try and dodge or do something. And essentially sacrifice your next turn again, since you lost the one. Can I fight back and try to like push it? Yes, you can. So this is it effectively, yeah, it turns in Delta Green or so fast that it's unless you are doing a melee thing that that counts as your fight back role. But so you can use your next turn basically and try and fight back. So you can give me a fighting brawl or uh, unarmed. Sorry, keep thinking of Comic Cthulhu. I did succeed on that. Okay, what uh, what did you roll? I rolled a 53 under 60. All right, he rolled a 31 under 55. So by Price is Right rules, this thing has you grappled by your hips and has produced some sort of pronged stingers that is about to go down into your uh, chest and you reach up and grab it. And right now you're a man fighting a stag that is trying to hold the horns at bay. If you want, um, you can either hold it in place or try and do damage to it. I'll let you decide. 
All right. Um, can I be sort of holding it back like this? Can I grab the gun like this? Sure. All right. And so I, that way you can have one arm that's holding it up and then it's, yeah, as another you're going to have your gun ready to shoot on the next turn. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to be wrestling it like this and my plan, however many turns it takes to do that, is to just grab my sidearm and just push the muzzle right against it and just pull the trigger. Okay. Um, neither of you can see Christina at this point. You're both a little bit occupied. Uh, Bagman, the same thing is happening to you. As you can feel these pincers around you, um, yeah, it's it produces some sort of stingers, some sort of barb, and is going to try and bring them down on you. Um, and you said I, I still like feel their presence. Yes. Well, that that feeling that you had with Christina and Joanna, you you can feel that same that weird. It's like some sort of thread just from your heart to theirs. It. It's just you notice that it's there. It doesn't necessarily compel you one way or another. Okay. But I don't feel that with, for this thing that's around me, yeah. right? You, you, yes, you do feel that. Okay. Does it feel like I can, like, push back, like, like throw it off in that way in the same way I got thrown off and I started eating bullets. You know what I mean? Like you feel like this connection was something about them affecting you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how did the uh, how did the um, fire extinguisher work? Did that kind of throw the thing off a little bit? Oh yes, that's right. That's what you did. Um, so this thing is trying to erupt the uh, the pointy teeth from itself, um, but the the folds are all gunked up, and so it uh, erupts the teeth and then tries to lunge, but seems like it's it misses the first round. So it's now your turn. You okay. don't know where the third one is. Okay, so. Can I see Highline? You can see Highline grappling with his, yes. Okay, so I have one arm that's up and seems to be getting a gun ready to try and unload into its belly. So I will run towards Highline and give that one a, a burst of the. You're currently still grappled by the one. Oh, I thought I. Oh, so you, okay. no, you essentially postponed it biting, but it is still on you. Okay. But you said it's kind of like gunked up? It's gunked up, but you don't know how much. That was only an ultra-compact Subaru standard uh, fire extinguisher, one use only. Okay. So, yeah, I'll try to use that split-second to kind of like slip out like because i'm assuming it's coming like this 
and then I was under it and I shot the um, fire extinguisher up. So I kind of want to slip out in the confusion, slip out of its grasp if possible. Okay. That would be dodge, plain and simple. Okay. That's a that's a pass. What did you roll? I rolled a eleven. So that is not only a pass; that is a crit success. And he rolled a ten to keep his grip onto you. <laughs> Okay, so that was kind of a best case scenario out of the present condition. Um, so you can slip out from under him while its face is gunked up. Uh, and sure, is there something else that you would want to get for that crit success? Um, I want I want to buy Highline some time. Like I see him in danger. I don't know if it's like throwing this thing at it or whatever, like whatever I can do to break its concentration. I know I may not be able to hurt it, but I want to break its concentration. Okay. So I'll tell you what, for the crit success, um, you can take your fire extinguisher, slip out and sort of duck walk underneath this one that is actually sort of holding Joanna like a gross incubator and head towards the one on Highline, chucking your fire extinguisher at it been distracted enough to effectively give Highline his turn back since he's been sort of buying one in advance. So Highline, you can act normally right now. It seems to be letting off a little bit as it's paying attention to something that's affecting it from the side. All right. Mechanically, how does pressing the gun into its body and just pulling the trigger a bunch of times work? So by that point, you literally can't miss. And I there's not really any point in you rolling. Um, since you are, and someone can correct me on this, are there rules for shooting multiple times? Because uh, that wouldn't be lethality. I mean, at that distance, it's not like he's going to miss, so it's probably Right, just, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, bullets, like, can you just yeah. empty the chamber? Uh, let's see. Normally, like, it'll be in the, it would be in the... Uh like the stat block for the weapon, but I'm not seeing... Right, like there's not that one three thing. Yeah, like I don't see that mechanic in this game. Uh, it feels like you should be able to. I'm trying to figure it out. Let's say you can. How many rounds do you want to squeeze off? Um, It's a six shooter, so I, it's maximum six. Um... I'm probably panicking, so I'm probably just going just as many times as I can. Unless it, you know, stops after three or something. So let's go ahead and do a three round, just because I'm falling back on Call of Cthulhu knowledge because I can't find this on the button right now. You literally can't miss by holding it up. So I want you to roll three uh, D10s for damage. Okay. Um, well, so this gun was on my character sheet, and it's as a the three fifty seven says a D twelve. So should I just use okay. that? Okay, if that's what it says, then that's what it says. Three, ten, ten, twenty three. So holding this underneath the thing, 
your first round and you can feel it whenever you're still like holding your arm up above it, it seems to glitch out of reality for just a second. You feel your gun go off. You can feel, you can smell the smoke and the creature is not there. And then it is again, just in time for you to squeeze off two more rounds. As you do, you can see these wet pieces of meat and what might be bone come erupting out of the top of this creature as it lets out a horrid shriek and slumps down behind you, or slumps down to the ground in front of you. The other two creatures' heads begin pulsating, rapidly changing colors. All right, then I guess I will, I'm just preparing myself to take on the next assailant. Okay. As you whip around to look at the others, the one uh, in front of Christina, her body is on the ground, slumped. Oh, and Throttle, of course, you hear uh, gunshots coming from the top of this mountain. Christina is slumped in front of this one. Its head is pulsing. You see one of its arms reach inside of itself through several plates and pull out what looks like a obsidian black it almost looks like a remote control for a TV. And it points it at you. And you hear a low hum. As an arc of electricity flies wide and shoots right over your shoulder, you can feel your hair standing up on end. Uh, and that feeling of crackle, like a bolt of lightning landed too close to you. Bagman... The one behind you is now rushing again. You can, you don't necessarily hear it, but you can feel the air being displaced as a large body is closing in on you quickly. I would like to shoot. Okay. And you rolled an 11 for your crit success. Right. So this thing sails over the top of you as it rolled an 81. Okay. Um, that was Highline There's turn. Bagman, it is now your turn. Okay. Um, so there's one like dead in between me and Highline, right? Yes. And as you look, it seems to be fizzling. The, the bits of viscera goop uh seem to be sizzling away into nothing. Uh, so splattered on the ground. Could as it's fizzling, could so did I see that thing pull out the obsidian? Yes, you did. Ray gun. I searched said sizzling body for a ray gun. All right. Um, so ah, damn it, I need some water. Um, so I want you. Oh, how are we going to do this? Roll me. I want you to call a number and roll a D4. Okay. 
like Vegas. <laughs> As you plunge your hand inside of this thing, you can feel not only these bony sort of bristly hard sections inside of it, but sort of fishing around inside. There's you feel lots of pieces of metal or stone or something. Some are larger than others. And so let's see what you pull up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call two. Okay. Is that a good, That's a good, a good one. panic? Sorry, I dropped my book. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. It sounds like you found the remote control. You knew the shape of the thing that you were feeling for. You found, you felt several, um, like slightly round capsules, like maybe the size of a coffee mug, uh, a large uh, cylindrical thing, various other bits, but you knew to feel for a remote control shaped thing and you grabbed it. All right. Um, Highline, it is now your turn again. All right. Is there one near me? The There is one that is aiming the ray gun at you, and then one that just sailed over uh, Bagman's head and is in the air above you. How close is the one that's leveling the ray gun at me? Let's say 10 meters or so. Okay. Five, 10 meters. Enough that you could close the distance if you wanted to, like, shake its hand. All right. Acknowledge it as a supreme being. I'm going to close the distance as much as I can just so I have a better chance of hitting it and then just continue to fire at it. Okay, so moving forward, you can get into essentially point-blank range. Um, If I remember right, you shot four times now. You emptied three shots into one, and you missed with your first shot. Or you, oh, no, 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 that was with your Uh, rifle, not with your pistol. So you have three left. Okay, so you've got, you're at point-blank range, which would be another plus 20% for firearm shots. Um, If you wanted to do multiple rounds again, I would say that would be minus 20. So then you would just be rolling flat if you wanted to shoot multiple times. I'm falling back on penalty dice rules, and I'm sorry if I'm getting these rules wrong. All right. I'm going to try to unload the last three rounds at my normal skill rate. Okay. All right. All right. I roll a 44 under 60. So that was the first shot. Okay. And then, well, let's... That's a crit, isn't it? That's a crit. So that would be double damage. Let's deal with that first. All right. Okay. So roll your D12 and then double it. All right. So I rolled an eight. So that's 16 on the first shot. And then do you want me to roll the other two or do you want to do that first? Or So, yeah, you roll 16 and it blows a massive chunk out of this thing's side. The worm that is in its back begins writhing super quickly in the air and lets out this thrilling sound that fills the air. Throttle can even hear it down on the ground. Okay. It's still, if it's still up, I'm going to continue to shoot it. It's still up. Okay. So yeah, you'll need to shoot it one more time. All right. Well, I have two more shots. Yeah. That was not a, that's a miss. 
Okay. The third shot is also a miss. Darn it. And all right. It is very angry at you. And it is going to reach inside of itself and grab an almost football-shaped device. And like a tide is whooshing it up in the air. It falls underneath it and rolls on the ground towards you. Wait, so it th- it threw something in the air and started rolling? So it sort of softball lobbed this thing towards the ground as it pushed up into the air back behind it. I see. Um... And it is beeping. All right. Um, can I punt it at some point? I need to do some reading really quick. Roll because for of course, this is the one thing that they don't have details for. I'm personally proud that we've gotten this far in this fight. And blah blah blah. All right. Um, so it succeeded in dropping it. You can attempt to punt it. And I will also, so that that was your turn. So that was its turn. I will give you one turn if you want to try and punt it. I will tell you, I'm also going to ask for a luck roll that you don't accidentally kickstart its heart. Uh, All right. Bagman, or so that was its turn. The one above Bagman is going to attempt to shoot as another lightning bolt lands between the two of you from up in the air. Bagman, it is your turn. There is a thing on the ground. I'm going to shoot at the one that just shot at me from above. Okay, you can roll me firearms. Okay. That is a 48 under 50. Okay, roll me some damage. I don't. What what damage is this? Uh, D ten. Let's say. Okay. Oh. Okay. Keep it simple. That is eight damage. Okay. So how many so, shots do I have? If you want to take three, uh, I will start adding twenty percent on top of that. But I will okay. also say, as you hit the damage, um, you blow a chunk out of this thing's side and you hear crying. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um. So, so. Do it, do it, do it. I'm going to shoot again. I will shoot uh, once more. Okay, so um, minus 20. That's going to miss. 
All right, high line. All right, rolling for kick. All right, that's a 10. That gets it. Now you want me to roll luck? Now roll luck. 91. So, so as this device is sort of rolling on the ground and you it's giving off this that is speeding up as time is incrementally going faster you have brief flashbacks to your high school football days of trying to punt this off the side of the mountain like a field goal you run up past bagman past christina and your foot connects as all of the air in your body and around you gets temporarily pushed away and then crippling back inside um so this had a 65 percent lethality roll and i rolled a 94 which would mean that it would take 13 points of damage. Are you still alive? Let me see. Uh, I'm at one. Okay. Um, you are going to need to make me a constitution or a con times five roll to try and stay conscious through this. All right. I rolled a 35. I think my constitution's higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as you connect, you feel all the bones in your body crunch as you are brought back down into the earth like a crumpled rag doll. And somehow you are still awake. Batman, help! <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give a luck roll to see if... Okay. Fortunately, Christina and Bagman were outside of the radius of this. It seemed like it was maybe a two meter radius, so. Good, because that would have killed me outright. <laughs> All right. Ow. <laughs> and so that was Highline's turn. Let's do, well, actually. And so Bagman, you look up and you don't, see or hear anything i roll if i don't see it above me i'm assuming it did the uh ninja trick and i'm gonna roll okay you roll on the ground your teammate is screaming and moaning wheezing not that i don't care but it doesn't help if i'm dead no offense highline What are you going to do? Nothing happens. I just want to roll so I don't get, like, stuck from behind. That was That's my fear. Like, because I saw it do that. Like, it came, the, the first one came towards me and then jumped. And it was, like, right in front of me. So I want to move immediately once I realize it's not where I, I thought it was. Okay. Um, and, Tom, we need to end at 11, correct? Yeah, I believe, uh, uh, yeah. 
Okay. We're going to try to. So, all right. So we can cut this part. Nothing we're we're at one we're at one hour and forty seven minutes. So you still right. got. Well, if I want to do a wrap up, then you look up at an empty, uncaring sky as you watch, waiting for some sign of movement, Highline wailing on the ground beside you. <laughs> Christina stirs slightly. What? Who? What happened? Who are you? Why does my arm hurt so bad? Are they... Okay, I will, I will crawl over the high line. But like, as I'm crawling, I'm looking around. Are, are they still here? Are they? I'm... They don't make any sounds when they're flying. Okay, do do I visually see them? You stare up, frantically scanning all of the stars and the sky and the Milky Way. You don't see any of them blinking. Okay. I don't care about Christina. I'm going towards Highline. Help me, buddy. I'm... And now you get to decide how you're going to get him down. I don't want to die on this fucking rock. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, uh, well, there's two ways. I can put him on my back alien style or... Call. Well, I don't want to call for that helicopter because we'll get arrested. We got to get out of here. Um, okay, Highline, buddy. I'm gonna need you to. I'm. I'm gonna need to strap you on my back. Is he bleeding? Like out of every orifice that you can see, and probably a couple that you can't. Ill. Um, <laughs> uh, can I help with that? You want to try and give him a first aid? It's better than just watching him bleed out. Um, Be careful. I don't have... <laughs> Apply pressure. <laughs> fumble. Good luck, Highline. It's not a fumble, but it is a fail. Yeah. Um, in this case, I'm not. I was gonna. I was gonna have you kill him if you did. <laughs> but I'm, I am a generous god, and so you essentially try and stop the bleeding and just like press everywhere that you press. You just cause more excruciating pain. You didn't know that ribs bent that way, and uh, so as we zoom out to. Highline, like wailing from the top of the mountain. Throttle can hear these cries that are not unfamiliar to them. And you are able somehow to be medevaced out. Highline, you are immediately taken into custody. <laughs> and the hospital, you have that feeble... You're in a full body cast, like up on the bed with one sort of handcuff uselessly placed onto the side of it. Um, and we'll have 
quite a few questions to answer. Throttle, taking your knowledge of being able to do base, uh, administer sodium bicarbonate and other basic substances into the bloodstream, you feel like there's a solid chance that you can neutralize the infection in Bagman, Christina, I mean, and yes, Christina, and presumably Janet and yourself, for those that you know are infected. That's if I stick around. That is if you stick around, do you? I don't know, make a luck roll. See how you're feeling. Bagman, do you want to make a luck roll to see if you get cured? Or roll for camaraderie. Ooh. Luck is 50 50, so it's 50 50. Oh, okay, then I surpass. There you go. She either helps or at least gives some like relatively thorough directions or a beer that works too, right. Um, More of a whiskey, I think, well, at this point. Ho hopefully, within the next five days, the environmentalists figure out what the hell's going on and tell oh, everybody to there. take bicarb. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. So, as we are filling in on this somewhat happy resolution, actually, I believe, um, Joy, what are you doing as you head out of town? Uh, so I'm heading out of town. Uh, Joy takes out his um, cell phone and calls a certain someone. Hello, Agent Bagman. Hello. Oh, oh, jo Joy? I see you're doing well. Yeah. Uh, where are you? I don't think that's important for now. You've gone through a lot. I have. But, um, like, what happened to you? Are you okay? I don't think that's relevant at this point. So what is relevant? My offer, my kindness, still stands. What think kind? about what's happened to you. What do you think the program will do to someone who has all that potential for experimentation in them. My kindness still stands. Let me know. And that might be the kindest thing anyone can ever do to you at this point. Just let me know. Are, are you threatening to kill me, man? I'm offering to give you a gift while you so can. Once the program has you, you might really, really wish for it. You have a family, yeah? Okay. I'm a little freaked out, at least according to the role. Have a good day, Mr. Bagman or Agent Bagman. Let me know if I need to be in touch. So at that point, I'm I don't know where I am at this point, but wherever I am, if if I have my service pistol, I'm gonna make sure that's loaded. So let's say 
you'll be needed to hooked, be hooked to an IV for several days to have a chance of getting this infection out of you. So yeah, sitting in a hospital chair with an IV in you, you can grab your service pistol and then cock it. Yeah, so I I have like my I have my hand with my service pistol under my covers, like between my legs, just waiting. And I don't get a lot of sleep because joy freaked me out on a good day. And today's not a good day. Um Yeah. It's all because he sent you that emoji. All right. And so the EPA got the message that was left and tested the water and sent it out to the CDC to be aware of a potential contaminant. There are numerous extremophiles that are in the water supply itself. They tested, they're not exactly the human experimentation type, but they do cordon the area off. The Berkeley pit ceases to be a tourist attraction, but the pumps continue running. And Kios, you keep thinking about something that Highline said, that the water level seems to rise every year. And as a final scene, the screen is going to fade to black. And then in white text, say, 12 hours earlier, an ambulance comes rushing in to the St. Peter's Hospital, carrying a bleeding and semi-conscious Sergeant Hayes. They wheel him into the emergency room. The doctors and nurses are stretched in, panicking as they bring him in for surgery. Semi-lucid, he can hear medical chatter. Shit, he's coding, fuck, what the shit? I don't know what the hell. And he looks and sees Coroner Holsey in the hospital bed, right next to him. He seems to be thrashing and shuddering with a team of doctors and nurses all around, injecting adrenaline. They have a crash cart ready. As he fades in and out of consciousness, his heart beating, he can hear the monitor stop. Or rather, he hears the yeah. from the EEG running. And as everyone stops and says, shit, we lost him, his body begins to shudder and he hears a gurgling sound as the body shakes and shakes, erupts this putrid black bile vomit ushering out from his mouth and fountaining around all of the doctors and nurses in him. Hayes almost loses consciousness again from this smell of this that came from deep in his bowels, shooting out from his mouth and nose, drenching the doctors and nurses immediately next to him. 
And that is the end of the story. We knew we missed one. We knew we missed one. You need to get a gigantic tanker full of bicarbonate of soda and dump it in the pit. (laughs) I'm going to buy Hammer um, or it's Hammer, right? Like what's the name of the company Uh, that makes it? Yeah, I'm going to buy their stock. (laughs) (laughs) So what was happening? It all started with something called Project Dancer, a sample of rapidly decomposing alien tissue from Mm -hmm. somewhere in a classified location in the central United States was brought in to Majestic 12 to try and stabilize and experiment. They tried numerous types of environments and settings to try and keep the, they managed to keep the uh, substance from decomposing further. It seemed to constantly melt away uh, without actually creating or losing any energy. It just kept disappearing potentially to another dimension. As M12 was broken down and disbanded, the sample sort of drifted between different locations, ending up at Benthic, a pharmaceutical research company that is very, very, very far down the food chain. They continued experimenting, trying to stabilize this substance and ended up finding that it seemed to be more stable within high metal acidic environments. Searching for a uh, potential food source or supply for it that would keep it from degrading further, they put a sample in an extremely illegal move in the Berkeley pit with the assistance of the manager, uh, Mr. Priez, who for a very large sum of money managed to look the other way. They were uh, doctors Ghent and McCaslin were very surprised to find that the sample took off extremely well in the pit. And while they placed it some 30 meters down under the water in a specific part of the wall, um, it began to actually grow for the first time. It required underwater hazmat suits in order to place and handle the substance and the pit water. And in one accident sometime in February, both um, McCaslin and Ghent had a rip in their suit and became infected with the substance. Dr. Linda Peters, or Peterson, I forget, uh, treated them but was surprised to find that after their health initially deteriorated, they began improving. And not only that, any abnormalities in their blood appeared to be cleansed as well. Their blood was perfect. It was free of any impurities, infections, or contagious agents. And Benthic began a search to cultivate this flora as a way to cure all disease. They believed that they found a way to try and cure disease, prolong life. Like the the secret that we had been looking for, that we've been unable to procure on Earth was in this. As their minds continued deteriorating or ascending, dealer's choice, um, McCaslin began to find himself having visions of 
otherworldly beings that tried to whisper to him truths that he couldn't quite hear. And he began seeing locations, seeing things. And if Joy would have gone into his apartment, began drawing out rough sketches of Devil's Tower, uh. mentioning the tape, mentioning Under the Water, mentioning Kyle Lye, mentioning Patrick Kelly and Claude Sanson and Fred Jacobs. And peering through these chaotic glimpses into the future, infected Fred Jacobs to lure you all here in order to open the green box and find the tape that he could only ever see under the ground. He knew it was underground, but not where or how to get to it and needed you to find it. So and that so he that could learn the song. So that he could learn the song to try and meet these beings. So it's all Kios' fault. To ascend. All Kios' fault. Now, Benthic is extremely tricky to get into as... Um, oh, and so something that y'all were very confused about for a good while, and it was very fun to watch. Um, Benthic has been in Helena for quite a long while as just a pharmaceutical company, several decades. Um, they have had a standing arrangement with whoever is the sheriff to, in exchange for some donations, um, if anything happens in town, they will notify Benthic's head of security and just keep them in the loop. The sheriff or Sheriff Potter was a dick, but he wasn't really that corrupt and wasn't in part of some conspiracy. He was just a lackey who was there to notify um, the head of security for Benthic. Once he did, the word spread up the chain very quickly and they began immediately clearing house. Oh. From that point on, you have something like between 24 and 72 hours if you want to find any information still in the place. They clear out all the hard drives, all the paper copies and shred them. They're not connected to the internet itself, uh, but one of the vehicles that was leaving earlier was uh, containing a lot of hard drives that were set to depart on an airplane. Uh, for somewhere in California. Um, if you did get inside and go down the elevator, they had underwater hazmat suits, various notes from uh, Dr. Ghent and McCaslin, um, and a few of the samples that are still remain that were still remaining in isolation. So, the what happened to Ghent? Ghent is somewhere. Okay. Ghent felt that McCaslin's efforts were low stakes, a little misguided. Ghent believes that she can see the true picture, and you never encountered her in this. Mm. Um, the rest of the staff were very made very uncomfortable by McCaslin as his condition continued deteriorating day to day. Um, and once... Yeah. So once you uh, interrogated Sheriff Potter about um, 
Benthic itself, he notified Trevor, they severed contracts for local employees and closed up shop very quickly and aggressively. Was Gabriel Fultz ever part of this, you know, thing? Because we we had records of her covering for local businesses, that kind of thing. Was that related at all? Gabriel Fultz was just kind of misguided. She wanted, she had, she believed, Montana's best interests in mind Mm. and had repeatedly covered for corporate interests, working for the EPA to say, no, 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 this is okay. This is Mm. all good. Enabling corporations to continue exploiting the environment and skirting what should have been some uh, legal issues. So she was never officially on uh, March or Benthic's payroll at all. She was just- She was not. Uh, But that also means that when she got my note, she just crumpled it up and threw it away. So I I assumed that Jenna Gaylor got your note. Jenna Gaylor is an honest worker. She's a bit disillusioned, disenfranchised. But um, yeah, so she got your note and sent it up the chain. Okay. But it's not like they have people drinking the water. So they did not have too much of a reason to go into the pit and investigate but that culture is still there in the berkeley pit still growing um i wanted to have the final ending with holsey who was in the hospital since you arrived on the scene and you were so close to going in there several times yeah i think we failed like one luck roll or something when we well, were i tried the, to give yeah. a lot of hints to stop by the hospital yeah. um or at least i felt that i did mm. and um but yes, yeah, so Holsey was there. Okay. And he di- uh, whenever a subject that is infected dies, um, the flora will attempt to escape and contaminate anything around it, coming up sure. from inside all the organs and spewing out. If you would have killed Christina, she would have exploded on you. Um, the, the creatures at the end were me go. I tried to keep yes. the descriptions a little mm. different so yeah. that we wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, they have crab-like things. They have buzzy voices. Um, they were trying to bite you to inject an enzyme that prevents new memories from being created uh, for the next 12 hours. Mm. And they were going to turn you into drooling idiots while they left. But like all simple-minded humans, you chose violence. And we succeeded. (laughs) And you succeeded in that violence. Um, After one of their own died and the other was very, very nearly killed, um, they dropped a gravity bomb and said, fuck this, and left with their brain and new child in tow. Mm -hmm. So they they weren't trying to kill us. They were basically trying to give us, like, give us, what what is that? They were trying to men in black do the little, look at this light here. But of course, with their they're mouse. little, they're aliens and don't communicate very good. So they were just going to do it. What What were the codes in the green box, and was it relevant? Like the thing with Nathan, Matthew, whatever. Like the, the oh yeah, five names. Um, yeah. So this. I know you're not going to answer, but I might even ask what's in the uh, milk can that should never be opened. But yeah, yeah. 
I was really hoping one of y'all would open it because it's super cool. Um, so the big chunk of sandstone yeah. uh, that had the Idge, Athan, Thew. Yeah. Um, if you were to take this into a, a lab and do some sort of archaeological analysis, um, the weird discoloration mineral behind it was uh, fossilized flesh and possibly mm. mammalian. Um, if you were to... The hell why do they split the description uh here we go um if you were to put the letters that were present into a military database because yeah. every dog tag is uh recorded um this would have been belonging to jonathan matthew woodridge serial number 332-1542 and was one of several sailors who on record died in a boiler explosion uh during a fitting out of the uss eldridge on October 28th, 1943. Mm. Um, or if you were to pay attention to conspiracy theories that are obviously discredited, um, it, the Eldridge is a fake name for a ship that was used during the Philadelphia experiment of October 28th, mm. 1943, and was replaced in a cover-up. So he the Philadelphia experiment was the ship yeah. that tried to teleport and disappeared and came right. back. Yeah. But none of the crew were there. So they somehow ended up inside of sandstone millions of years ago and Yikes. were fossilized. Mm. So what was in the milk, milk can? can? The milk can is my favorite cursed item that I added for this, just in case. See, Joy knew better than to open anything. Well, the milk can actually could have solved the whole thing. Uh, well, let's see. Where are you? It is from the Arkint uh, list of magic fuckery objects. Mm -hmm. Not the Kerrville executable. Oh, my God. Um, it was a cuckery that had a red staining mm -hmm. um, along the side, but it was a rusty old cuckery with a wooden handle and red spots around it. What's a cuckery? Like a uh, sword. It's like a curved machete. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if you were to open the handle, it was, uh, it had an inscription that belonged to some, here you go. Um, ba -ba -ba. So it looked like it was blood splatter that was along it. Um, there's a small mark underneath the base of the handle that was used around 1947. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and it has an inscription that reads the thrice honored Chandra. Don't know why that's relevant. Mm -hmm. What if you tried to clear up the stain? Nothing would have happened. You could dip it in all the chemicals that you wanted to, and it wouldn't be cleaned up. But if you happen to cut yourself on the cuckery or be bleeding and touch it, the red materials on the stain would behave like an absolute solvent mm. and suck themselves into the body of whatever thing they were exposed to and begin digesting it from the inside out in a very slow, excruciating process. Jesus. The 
quoting them, this like consumption one at a, appears one absolute at a time? and indiscriminate. One at a time or? So like, it would basically be like the size people? of a golf ball that would right. slowly digest all parts of you uh, into nothing. Right, but and while so I'm while that's happening and I cut someone else, would it go there or finish the shot first? So your only hope would be to amputate your arm ah, okay, before okay. it moves further up, and you right. would watch your entire arm shrivel away. Ah, that could uh, be useful. Once it eats approximately... So yeah, the stained substance appears two-dimensional, even if you were to look at it under a microscope. Uh, once it eats a solid amount of hp the stain itself will grow in mm -hmm. size to be about the size of like a deflated basketball and begin crawling across the ground um heading towards a certain location mm. but if you were to say hypothetically stab the flora that was inside of the lake it would indiscriminately eat all of the Flora, um, yeah. Mego bacteria that was growing inside of there. Will but more likely, you're going to cut yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll look for the bacteria in other people or just within that body of water. So it would mostly just eat within that body of mm -hmm. water, and in all likelihood, it would either sit at the bottom of the lake until it could consume more biological material, mm. um, or it would start. It would be satisfied and begin crawling away. Okay. Let's go ahead and finish up before yep. we continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Our players included Matt uh, Ryan, Dan DePolis, Billy Chung, Joseph Clay, and myself with Lex Hurley as the handler. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure to the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Delta Green role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.